Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name, of course, is Brady. I will be hosting for you guys tonight. On a night where the Jets faced off, you know, we have the, the Jets 2.0 facing off against the Jets 1.0. Uh, both teams in a little bit of a different different uh, situation coming into this game. Obviously, the uh, Coyotes were on a eight-game uh, losing streak. They're like 29th in the league. The Winnipeg Jets, one point out of being top of the uh, the Western Conference, top of the Central. And after tonight's win, baby, top of the west ladies and gentlemen the the winnipeg jets who thought we would ever get here uh this year um obviously it's been a a, a long year of of you know realizing our team is actually pretty good uh shout out rick bonus we would never have gotten here without him i'm just i'm 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 happy uh you know wasn't wasn't exactly the perfect game um, by the Jets here tonight uh, in comparison, especially to the game they had against Pittsburgh and kind of tonight kind of had the making of a uh, of a trap game. Um, you know, the classic, you come off of a really big win against a difficult opponent uh, and then uh, come into a game where you're facing off against one of the worst teams in the league. You're finally back home. You're worried the guys are going to take uh, the night off. And I'll be honest with you, I do not think the Jets did whatsoever. I, I, I see already a f- the first comment in chat here by David W. A win's a win, but man, that game was close. I hope to be back in 10 to 15 minutes or so, but even if I'm not, I congratulate the Jets on a well-earned win. Now on to a long road trip where first stops the Bell Center to face the Habs, followed by the Leafs two days later and the Sens and Flyers next weekend. Uh, I, I agree. It, it was a pretty close game, especially coming down to the wire. But I actually think that this, ja- this game uh, by the Jets was actually pretty good. Like, I, I'll be honest with you, I can't complain too, too much. There's a few things I absolutely would, um, you know, if I'm the coach, I'm, I'm bringing up in the, uh, in the video room the next day. But I thought tonight was a pretty good showing by uh, our Winnipeg Jets. Um, before we jump into the game breakdown, I uh, think you know which way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, and player on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all the sp- sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Just give me a moment. Have a can have a sip of water. All righty. Start off the game. Um, Jets Winnipeg Jets first period. Uh, you know, one I I always love bringing up the quotes that we hear in intermission, and um, and Nate Schmidt came out in in, the, in between the first intermission and second intermission, and he said, uh, and I quote. It might be a little bit off. I tried to write it as best I could. Uh, we had a we had a chat and we wanted to focus on coming out hard in the fr- in first periods. So he's not describing just specifically this game, but it seems like this has been kind of uh, a topic of discussion in the Jets' room uh, as of as of late, um, and it really showed here tonight. Um, the the Jets' first period tonight I thought was was fantastic. I mean the the shots were twelve to four uh in the first period uh which included uh, a four minute penalty that of course the jets killed off because the jets penalty kill has been fantastic also you know the arizona coyotes not the greatest uh power play team in the in the league of course um but but even you know diving in past the um the shots the you know the numbers there again i think i think only two of the shots of those four shots were actually even strength two of the of which were on the power play of course 
Um, but regardless than that, like the Jets came out and they were clicking. Like the the one touch passes, um, there was like I think like three or four segments in a row where the Jets just like were hammering the offense on. It just seemed like they were in complete control of this game, which they should be. Again, you know, this is a team which is now the top of the West facing against the 29th uh overall team in the league uh it's sh- they should run the the coyotes show like let's be honest here um obviously you can't always expect that every team has a chance to win in this league so it's not uh, a given the jets can't just pencil this in as you know a scheduled win even though you know they should but um <laughs> but uh but yeah but like i said they you know the jets came up big in the first period the penalty kill uh was fantastic uh only like one pretty decently big save was kind of needed and it was just a nice little pad save that hellebuck made um the uh both the top lines oh my god geez the, tonight was just a uh you know when you're playing a team like like arizona who may not be the the best you know structurally may not be the best uh skill wise of their players um tonight was a night where i was sitting here going i feel like the second line is going to cook tonight just because um you know not having one of their biggest issues the the shifley perfetti wheeler lines is that they sometimes have issue uh getting in the zone and uh you know establishing that possession that shouldn't be an issue against the arizona coyotes and it wasn't tonight for them at all um as soon as they got into the zone they were passing it around like they were playing with uh like they were playing rec uh, a rec hockey team almost i wouldn't i wouldn't disrespect the coyotes by saying that exactly but uh that's where my brain went uh, as i'm talking here but um but yeah like this this first period the digest came out swinging uh josh morrissey was involved in so many plays again in that that row of a bunch of segments over and over again he uh, was constantly the fourth forward uh, in on, on it. There was a nice uh, one-timer to Shifley. Um, you know, obviously doesn't go into the net, but it is what it is. Uh, the Jets played great in the first period. I, I really can't can't harp on them. The only one thing I, I you know, wasn't maybe particularly 100% on board with, some of their shot selection was a little bit rough. Uh, there was a couple times where, like, Sandberg would walk in and kind of take, uh, while they're kind of really pressing on the Coyotes, um, they would kind of take shots that kind of killed the momentum that they were kind of gathering. Um, but other than that, again, like that, that that's a really nitpicky thing to say. But like I said, a fantastic first period. Really great. Uh, the first period ends with uh, Mark Shifley drawing a uh, a penalty. And then uh, and then, yeah, it, you know, they get like, you know, 40 seconds on the power play. Go to intermission. Again, Nate Schmidt has a nice little quote there saying that they've been really try- trying to focus on their first periods, which actually I can kind of attest to. They have been a lot better. Uh, in the first period, uh, whereas, you know, start of the year, they were much better in the second, usually was usually their best period, maybe after Bones would come in and give them a bit of a wake up. But um, but yeah, again, great, great first period. Uh, second period was really, really weird. Um, obviously, it starts off with the power play goal uh, where Pierre-Luc Dubois scores his 20th of the year. Uh, he tipped in a shot from uh, from Josh Morrissey. Uh, really great play on this power play. The, the power play has, been, has looked really great since they've kind of switched to, um, first of all, since Ehlers has come back, I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, um, as well as kind of they've kind of switched to having the uh, the one three one kind of setup where you've got Pierre Dubois in front of the net, Mark Shifley in the middle. Which, by the way, Mark Shifley should always be in the slot. That is where he's he's a quick shooter, quick accurate. He's not a big windup guy. I love him in the middle of the ice. That's exactly where I want him. Kyle Connor on the right side, ready for one timers from uh from Josh Morrissey and Nick Ehlers on his strong side, uh where he can take passes, you know, skate in, create some disruption, create some movement. 
um, a fantastic uh, a goal again. You know, goes back to it goes uh, after Morrissey gets an initial shot. Uh, Kyle Connor does a really good job about cor- corralling the puck, uh, passing it up to Morrissey. Morrissey makes a nice little give and go with uh, Nick Ehlers. Smart of him to give it back to Morrissey. Morrissey just rips it, does what he's been doing all season long. And uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has the most nonchalant tip uh, goal. Uh, again, his tw- 20th of the season, which uh, is not a uh, a milestone he's surpassed uh, too, too many times. Um, he's smashed that this year. He's been absolutely fantastic, of course, in a contract year. We're also going to talk about him a little bit later. Um, but yeah, great start. Great start to the uh, to that to that power play. Um, was really was really happy with it. Um, and then. What happened after that was, you know, maybe 10 minutes of the second period where the Coyotes were absolutely unable to do anything. Like, it, it just seemed like the, the next, the, the first 10 minutes of the second period, the um, the Coyotes couldn't get, they, they, they had no shots until uh, about halfway through, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, but other than that, even when they would get the puck and get the possession in the offensive zone, it felt like it was such meaningless possession. Like, Every single time that they would actually get it in the Jets' defensive zone, uh, the Jets were really quick to get on them and and separate them from the puck and get the puck back up ice. I really think the Jets did really well with their breakouts tonight. Um, so I, I was very happy with how the team did on that front. Uh, and then, of course, we get halfway through the first period and, uh, and who is it? Clayton Keller uh, scores one of the most bizarre-looking goals I've seen all year. Um just an absolute defensive breakdown. Uh, and this one, honestly, like a- as I'm sitting here, like obviously I'm supposed to be critical of the Jets. I wanted them to improve. And this one, I-, I couldn't help but just like laugh. It just it just seems so one uncharacteristic uh, in just the way that everything fell apart, um, as well as uh, it just it, it, I don't know. This felt like a, not not necessarily a one off, but like this type of breakdown did, was not is not common to the Jets. They have a lot of defensive breakdowns, but this just like I don't know. It was like a bomb went off and uh, and just bodies went flying everywhere. Uh, obviously, the Coyotes are coming into the zone. They make a nice little uh, kind of drop pass to uh, Clayton Keller, who's the third forward into the zone. The two uh, Coyotes players go to the left side of the net where Dylan DeMello and uh, who was it? Morgan Barron are, are covering both of them. Everybody hits the deck and falls. The absolute yard sale. Hellebuck comes out real far to play uh, the the shot from Clayton Keller. He makes a really nice move, waits on him, kind of goes to the outside. Lowry does a last-ditch effort to try and, you know, get himself in the way. But, uh, but alas, you know, the game is tied 1-1. In a game where, the again, like I said, the Jets have kind of dominated up until this point. So there was no reason to really worry too, too much. Um, but, uh, but, you know, moving on to the rest of the second period, things were kind of weird. I, I, I thought that the Jets did pretty decently to, uh, you know, to keep with it and, and not, you know, not do or like not fall behind too, too much. Um, I think that they do sometimes have problems with momentum swings. Uh, I thought they did okay tonight. They, they, it seemed after that goal, the entire second period was completely different. You know, it's not like the Coyotes were producing crazy chances here and there. Um, but they definitely were much, much better. Um, of course, but then uh, before the end of the period, we get uh, one of the classic uh, <laughs> passing play goals from that uh, that second line, the Shifley, uh, <laughs> Wheeler, and Perfetti line. 
I still think that something needs to be different there. I still feel weird having both Perfetti and Wheeler on the same line, considering they're both passers. But hey, that's kind of how you lead to a goal like this, where uh, as they're breaking into the zone, uh, Blake Wheeler kind of starts it off, gets in, passes it off to Mark Shifley, who comes in, sees a streak in Cole Perfetti, um, passes it off to him. He goes down low and Perfetti kind of looks for looks for the shot in the slot, is kind of unable to get it. So he tries to move to the side and the, the Coyotes defense actually played him pretty well here. And he kind of lost his footing a little bit, but he does the smart play and gets it back to Mark Shifley. Shifley, who's, you know, after Perfetti's kind of anchored everyone down towards the goal line in uh, in the Arizona zone, uh, Shifley makes a beautiful pass over to Blake Wheeler and, uh, <laughs> you guys all saw, uh, Blake Wheeler sitting there laughing. Like he, he was really enjoying himself off that goal. He could kind of tell that he was like, ah, I mean, what the, what the, I guess that was kind of uh, a bit, a little, little ridiculous, but, uh, you know, goal's a goal. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, I, I, like I said, the rest of the period happens and, uh, you know, the, the coyotes had one more kind of, um, you know, onslaught of attacks near the end of the period luckily the jets uh come out of it unscathed and then the third period which i am a little conflicted on uh i feel like i I often say that i'm conflicted because i i I sometimes struggle to really take a stance uh unless i'm like so vehemently like this is how what i believe in um excuse me catch my breath real quick um but yeah the the third period was uh was pretty good i main thing i was looking here was to see how the Jets could lock this down. Obviously, you'd love to get uh, an insurance goal, but uh, you know, not allowing a second goal is the biggest priority. Um, and the third period started out not great. <laughs> um, there's the first initial one where Dylan Sandberg tries to uh, flip the puck out kind of like a weird flip pass play. Uh, I'm not sure which Coyote it was, but he blocked it. Uh, Sandberg has no idea where the puck is. Nate Schmidt's already starting to streak down the boards uh, to give him an option. And uh, <laughs> and the Coyotes get a very, very lucrative uh, uh, chance in front uh, of Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck, of course, best goalie in the league. Connor Vesnabuck uh, comes up big. Uh, and then there was uh, another one that happened almost right away again. Um, luckily again, two big saves. This is why you have Connor Hellebuck. This is why the Jets are able to rely on him is because he's such a, uh, uh, you know, such a game changer for the Jets. Um, luckily nothing happens. Uh, there was the one rebound (laughs) where it went kind of, uh, guy shot it, came out and then he shoots it again and hits the post. looked like Hellebuck made a really nice save. Uh, luckily he, he, uh, he thanks his friend, the post. And, uh, and like I said, it still remains a two, one game. Rest of the period kind of goes on uh, on the power play. Again, the Jets looked pretty good. Pierre-Luc Dubois had two or three real nice chances there. Um, he hits the post. Uh, my one little criticism is I, I would love to see Cole Perfetti shooting a little bit more. Um, they only really had one shot on the power play. But again, uh, this, this period felt more like it was about locking it down rather than you know outscoring your problems, which is kind of an issue we've seen from the Jets all year. Uh, so I'm glad they kind of committed to that. Um, but, you know, Continuing on, uh, the the Jets are able to hold it out. And there you go. Two points in the win column, uh, a 2-1 game. The Jets don't win a ton or not. Or the Jets are, are uh, don't always keep it in a low-scoring game. They're going to have to learn how to win low-scoring games. Obviously, uh, against the Coyotes, you would hope for more than just a low-scoring game uh, on the Jets side of things. Um, but keeping them down to uh, only one goal against was very big. 
Um, alrighty, I'm gonna take a look at the chat here, see if anyone, uh, some other comments here. Uh, Beer League, tied with Toronto at third place in the NHL. Tell Steve Winnipeg is Canada's team. Oh boy, I will be telling him. Uh, we're gonna be having Steve Dangle on the show on Thursday. I think Liz will also be joining us, uh, but you'll definitely be getting at least me and him. Uh, here it is, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a fun one. Steve and I, uh, like to go at each other when we play NHL. Uh, always chirping each other. So I'm, I'm really excited for the smack talk. Um, uh, David replies to beer league says, I see the jets as a near playoff lock, uh, or sorry, a near lock to see playoff action in April and the Leafs in a similar position. Uh, should they have, uh, for starters, a better week than either of the previous two? Uh, I would, I would definitely agree. Um, yeah, the jets, in my opinion are, are, this is, this is the year for like, this is the year right now for the jets and, you know, next year might also be the year. Uh, but I think this is the year where the jets really do need to push everything into the middle and say, we're going for it because, you know, the vibes around this team are great. The West is kind of wide open. I'm really excited to see, uh, what they can do come playoff time uh, as well as trade deadline time. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, how Chevy uses his phones. Uh, let me just read through the last ones. Uh, David W again, I see, uh, I see by contrast, the Alberta team's odds of playing games beyond mid April as coin flips with the Sens, Canucks and Habs likely to see their seasons end after 82 seasons or 82 regular season games. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, and then one, one, which I'll, I'll comment on real quick here. Great game by the jets. Uh, this is from Andrea Kohich. Kohich. Uh, great game by the Jets. Arizona goalie uh, always plays great against the Jets. What is up with Karel Vejmelka? Like, I this guy could genuinely be like, if he was on a good team, I I actually don't know. I I have no idea his what his success would be because every time he plays against the Jets, uh, again on a, on an abysmal Coyotes team, he's fantastic. Coming into this game, uh, he was a nine five nine, a a nine fifty nine against the Jets uh, as well as tonight. I, I don't have the stats up in front of me immediately. I can pull it up real quick. Uh, let's see. But either way, he was he was fantastic for them and kept them in the game for sure. Uh, he was a 917 tonight. Very good. Uh, two goals against 22 saves, uh, 24 shots against, um, which also, you know, I'd like to see the Jets get more than 24 shots. But as I said, I'm more just happy with the their ability that they had to lock it down tonight. It was a little, sh- it was a little shaky, but um, you know, I think that we know that the Jets can score goals, so uh, locking it down was a, a much bigger, um, a much bigger thing. Um, so yeah, so in regards to that, you know, kind of moving on, just to reiterate the things I thought that the Jets did well, they did, they had a really good start tonight, which is something we've been wanting to see since the start of the season. They've been a lot better recently. Uh, they kept their breakdowns to a minimum, I thought. Um, and, uh, and, you know, even when they did have the breakdowns, it didn't seem like they were incredibly, uh, dangerous other than of course the one, uh, ridiculous goal. Um, and uh, I thought their team play was really well tonight. Like again, going back to the start of the game, the amount th- those one touch passes were just absolutely insane. So fuck. Ooh, so, so fantastic. I try not to swear my bad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, again, great game team wise, uh, going back to the game, uh, what was it against the Sabres where, you know, the Jets didn't play that great. One of my issues was that they kind of, it felt like it was more of an individual game tonight. They were really good at using their lines, making sure that they were able to, uh, create offense, uh, with a lot of passing as well too which obviously gets the goalie moving, makes you more likely to score, makes you a more dangerous team. Um, Improvement-wise, 
uh, momentum was the main thing I thought. Uh, after that 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 second period goal, um, it felt like the Jets took a little bit to get kind of back into their stride um, and kind of let the Coyotes back into the game. Obviously, it you know let them back into the game. It was tied, but other than otherwise, the Jets were completely controlling uh, play. So. So yeah, so I would like to see a bit of an improvement on their ability to, you know, kind of take the punches and roll with it. One of the things you'll see from, you know, Stanley Cup teams like Tampa, you look at the Tampa game that the Jets played, it felt like um, Tampa every single time that the Jets scored, it, it wasn't like it ever like wasn't a piercing in the army armor at all. Uh, the the lightning uh, as a perennial uh, playoff team, uh, perennial playoff success team, two time Stanley Cup champion went to the cup the next year. Uh, went to the finals the next year. Uh, that's very much one thing I can really identify is that they, uh, you know, when adversity comes, they just keep playing their game. Um, so I'd like to see the Jets stick to that a little bit, a, bit, a, a little bit. Um, and then the other thing, improvement wise, uh, Hellebuck did kind of have to keep the Jets in it a little bit here. I still think that they played really well, but I'd like to see them try to again, continue to get those breakdowns uh, to a minimum. Um, but otherwise, uh, an all around good game by the jets i was i was very happy with it and uh you know coming into a game that's potentially a trap game um i think they did well to keep their 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 foot on the pedal most of the game just i'm just gonna take a little little sippy of water and check the chat one more time oh there we go <laughs> Uh, Atacan man, Coolman over Gagne. Don't like that. I'm going to touch on the Gagne scratch uh, in a moment, but I won't say it in a bad way. I actually disagree. I'm starting to like Coolman a lot more in his kind of bottom six role. Um, I think I'm going to jump into that in a little bit. Uh, first, I just want to talk about that kind of first line, uh, as well as Pierre Luc Dubois. I mean, we can't, we, we give him not enough. Um, I don't think we have given him enough credit for. Uh, how he's coming to this season here. Obviously, there was all this dumb stuff that happened over the offseason. I don't really blame him too, too much, considering I probably wouldn't have wanted to stay with Winnipeg uh, while they were going through that, you know, offseason of change, bringing in a new coach, and everything that happened last season. I don't blame him too, too much. We'll see if we're able to keep him. But, uh, again, big ups to him uh, getting his 20th goal of the season this year. Um, he has been... Um, you know, he's been incredibly good for the Jets this year. And it's kind of, I feel like, taken on an identity and kind of, uh, I think his identity has kind of spread around to the Jets. Uh, Pierre Dubois is a player who is big, pretty skilled, um, but is not afraid to go into the rough areas and get down and dirty. Um, he, oh, excuse me. I'm <laughs> uh, yeah, he he has been fantastic this year. He's not afraid to get down and dirty. Um and but also at the same time, when the skill needs to come out, he's able to to show up in big minutes. Um, he's kind of transformed himself into that number one center. You know, it was always kind of a flip flop of who's the number one guy in Winnipeg. Is it Mark Shifley? Is it Pierre Luc Dubois? Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, in my opinion, has firmly cemented himself as the number one center for the Jets. Uh, and in my opinion, of the two of the guys, much more important to get signed long term. Um, you know, we have to give him credit for kind of stabilizing Kyle Connor. Don't look now, but Kyle Connor is like, uh, I had the stats up here a moment ago. Kyle Connor is leading the Jets with 53 points in 43 games. Actually, this, I think this hasn't even updated yet. Um, 
So absolutely fantastic. He's got 21 goals. Remember when we started the season and we we're sitting here going, what's going on with Kyle Connor? Why can't he score? He's got 21 goals. I'm pretty sure. Is he not? Oh, he's, se- he's second uh, on the Jets, of course, behind Mark Shifley. Um, but I think that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois deserves a lot of credit for kind of giving uh, Kyle Connor a stable, uh, you know, a partner that he's able to kind of rely on. Um and then also, like, just looking at the team, I think that he is exactly what the Jets needs when it comes to playoff. He he fits perfectly the playoff mentality of a skilled guy who's going to work his ass off, is emotionally in the game, is going to be a pest and get under other guys' skins, uh, and is going to score goals at the big at the big moments. Like that is he has turned himself into a two way force for the Jets. Um, I really, really hope that we can keep him. Um, I think that I think that, you know, winning solves a lot of stuff. And so I'm, I'm pretty optimistic with it. Um, but it would be a, a huge detriment to, to lose Pierre Dubois uh, and what he brings to the Jets. Um, you know, Morning. Oh, Jesus. We're, we're already getting low, low on time. I got to keep rolling through this. Uh, uh, other than that, um, Nikolai Ehlers, man, like how how can we not talk about this this guy? Like this guy has played six games since coming back from injury, uh, and he's got three goals, six assists for nine points. He's joined that top line of uh, of PLD and Cal Connor, and has been kind of exactly what they needed in the sense of you know they were always kind of looking for a third man on that line who's able to kind of pull his own, provide him uh, another offensive threat to the line, but also be a part of what you know, stirs the drink and, uh, and keeps them, you know, keeps that line pressing. Like this has the making to be a line, uh, that is one of the best in the NHL and already is kind of right now. Um, you know, Nikolai Ehlers also has kind of revitalized that power play. Um, one of the issues I thought that they were having early on in the year was that they were a little too predictable having, you know, Mark Shifley on the left and then having, um, Cal Connor on the right. Cal Connor was the trigger man and everyone kind of knew that. And so there wasn't really the option. Uh, teams were able to get in Cal Connor's face a lot more, but I think that Nikolai Ehlers pulls a lot more energy over to that right side and provides a lot more, um, sorry, that left side, I guess, depending on your perspective, uh, and provides the Jets, uh, Jets power play a lot more uh, movement and chaos and is able to, to, to have a lot more, um, uh, to be a lot more dangerous. Um, you know, when, when the puck goes over to Kyle Connor, he can one time, when it goes over to Nikolai Ehlers, he can take the puck. He can, you know, skate it in with some speed, take the shot himself. He can, you know, pass it in, into the middle, uh, for a tip shot from, uh, from Mark Shifley. If nothing's available to him, he can bring it back to, uh, to Josh Morrissey or put it down low to Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think, it, I think having a lot of options on the power play allows the, a team to uh to be a lot more dangerous because there's so much more things that the defense has to cover for with only four guys obviously there's going to be a hole left somewhere all right uh you know again great game um but now it's time to to look a little bit forward um obviously tonight uh morgan Barron came back from it from uh, his illness glad to see he's feeling better uh, i don't think there's anyone else who is you know officially suffering from illness at the moment um and the Jets are about to embark on a, uh, a five-game, ten-day road trip. Uh, as uh, someone in chat earlier was saying, it was against. It's going to be, uh, you know, through the Atlantic, uh, playing like Montreal, Toronto, Philly, uh, among among other teams, uh, Ottawa as well too. Um, 
And we got news today that both uh, Mason Appleton as well as Logan Stanley will be joining the team for the road trip. Uh, Rick Bonus has said that they likely will not, um, you know, won't won't be back anytime soon, but they're joining the team to start skating with them, which is a great, fantastic sign. I think we all kind of forgot in all of the, you know, Vili versus Sandberg versus Capo Bianco versus Neil Pionk debate that Logan Stanley still is here. Uh, and like, you know, I am not the biggest Logan Stanley fan, but I will admit he had he had a good start to the season. So um, I expect the Jets to give him a chance. Uh, I personally think that, uh, you know, Dylan Sandberg has proven that he is he deserves that spot a lot more than uh, Logan Stanley does at the moment. But obviously, excuse me, but obviously uh, with with injuries, you know, you kind of do have to give uh, the opportunity for guys to get back in. Um, but that's my main point here with saying, you know, talking about Appleton and Stanley is how are these guys going to get themselves back into the lineup? Uh, you know, the Jets have kind of worked their way off of, you know, a merit based system. Um, you know, let's just start on the forwards end of things. Uh, where who do you take out for Mason Appleton? Like right now, like let, let's just let's just go through the the, the bottom six right now. Uh, so tonight, Morgan Barron. Uh uh, Adam Lowry and Carson Kuhlman. Morgan Barron, Barron has been uh, a guy that the Jets have liked since the start. He's a big body. He's able to control possession really well. He forechecks hard. And uh, as uh, Rick Bonus said, if he just keeps going into uh, the front of the net, if he keeps playing hard, the points are going to come. And he's, you know, he's been scoring pretty well. Uh, he's also a mainstay on the on the PK. I see no reason for Morgan Barron to be out of the lineup. Adam Lowry, I'm not even going to. Not even going to talk about him. He's in the lineup. Like that's that's a, a foregone conclusion. Uh, and Carson Kuhlman's a guy who uh, the Jets have really liked. Uh, they we've heard reports for a long time that the Jets have been really interested in him. I think that he, uh, you know, he does have his faults. You know, not great at the finishing side of things. Um, in my opinion, just was was really uh, poorly cast in the top six. Uh, I'm not sure why he played there, but uh, now that he's kind of moved down to the bottom six into a more possession-based, you know, lock it down kind of role, I think he actually looks a lot better there. I think he looks good on the PK. He provides the Jets a lot of energy, uh, is a good skater, and, um, you know, I, I have no issue with him being a part of the bottom six. I'd prefer him on the fourth line, but it is what it is. Uh, then you have Axel Janssen-Fialbi, who's really come come into his own um, in the past few games. Like, him and Kevin Stenland, since they've been paired together, have been absolutely phenomenal together. Um, you know, even tonight, like there's just little things that I keep seeing and pointing out, I, I like in, internally that I keep seeing from him that I really like. Uh, things like he's, you know, his speed, the way he kind of cancels out uh, icings a lot, is able to give the Jets uh, a, a, you know, another facet of speed in that bottom six, uh, which I think is is pretty important to not get kind of run over by the other team. Uh, Kevin Stanlin, who, you know, I have not stopped singing his praises on this show. Uh, I absolutely love the guy. I, I don't want him to miss a game <laughs> for the rest of the season. I think he's very he's going to be very important to the Jets. And I actually think he kind of fills that Sam Gagne role of a very versatile guy that Rick kind of Rick bonus can kind of put into any uh, any spot, any position here. Um, and then Saku Menelainen, who, uh, coming out of camp had a, you know, had a really good camp and got a lot of, uh, a lot of momentum coming out of that. Uh, you know, as the time's gone on, I'm not his biggest fan. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but the Jets seem to really like him. I think he provides a lot of value on the PK, but on at five V five, 
I think he's a bit of a, a bit of an anchor. Uh, he's just not that fast. His physicality is nice to try and, you know, there is, there's, there is value in the energy that physicality brings, but he's just not my favorite player personally. Uh, and then Sam Gagne, who again was scratched tonight, uh, a guy who, who's, you know, He's not necessarily the same prototypical bottom six guy, but I think that it's important to have a guy who can uh, provide a bit of an offensive punch on the bottom six. Uh, I don't think he, again, same thing with him and Kuhlman. I don't think he's cast properly if he's playing in the top six, um, but I think that he's uh, able to give the Jets uh, a lot of, um, you know, give the Jets some uh, some offensive punch on that bottom six. And you know what? As much as this is anecdotal, he scores timely goals. Like he scores uh good goals for the jets when when they need him he ends up scoring uh i think he's got two game winning goals this year already too you know we all love when mr brightside plays at the clc um so i don't expect him to be you know dropped or or you know not dropped but uh put down to the minors or anything like that and he was scratched tonight like where do you fit a guy in there i'd imagine appleton eventually comes in and plays kind of in that carson coolman spot i wonder if he if coolman gets pushed down to uh, you know, gets put on waivers eventually. I doubt it because, like I said, I think that they really like him. But I, I personally wouldn't put Janssen Fialbi. I wouldn't put Stenlin on waivers. I wouldn't put any of those guys there. And it seems that, like, like they really like Menelainen. So I don't really know what the option, the, you know, the, what's it called, solution is there. Um, but, yeah, the Jets are going to have to make some decisions at some point uh, once those guys come back. And then, obviously, as I kind of stated on the back end, you know, it's... I don't know. Eventually, I think Capo Bianco is going to be put on waivers. Um, I think it's 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 just kind of the writings on the wall um, with this whole Villy called or sent down because of all the illness stuff. I expect him to be called back uh, sooner rather than later. Um, but obviously, Logan Stanley coming back into the mix obviously provides uh, much more of a you know a confusion. I I would expect uh, someone on the back end to be moved as a part of a trade deadline trade. Uh, hopefully it's not Vili, uh, or hopefully it is Vili, because that usually means that the trade is for someone who's actually really good. Uh, in those cases, uh, you know, I'm all for it. Uh, but I think D Dylan Sandberg's kind of uh, solidified himself in that top six uh, on the defense for the uh, for the Jets. Um, but like I said, the Jets are about to embark on a little bit of a road trip. Uh, Liss will be back with you guys on Tuesday when the Jets face, I believe it's the Senators. Let me just pull it up in my calendar very quickly. Da, 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 da. Yes. Uh, no, sorry. When they play the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and then on Thursday, we're going to have a, a real fun show where I'm going to yell at Steve Dangle all night. Tell him that the Leafs stink and the Jets are awesome. Uh, hopefully the Jets can pull one out for me that night. Uh, and then, you know, they're in Ottawa on the Saturday. Uh, Sunday, they're in Philly. Long road trip ahead. Uh, but hey. Thank you all for tuning in to, uh, to Game Over Winnipeg. This is a fun show. Uh, hopefully the Jets can keep rolling their first place in the West. I never thought I would say that on this show. I'll be honest with you. I'm real happy. Uh, anyway, so hope you guys have a wonderful evening. Uh, hope you guys have a good good rest or start to your week. Um, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, enjoy your night. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.